Welcome. How do we start this? Welcome to Mile 13. My name is Kim and her name is Jackie and their name is Casper. Sup? It's only been 12 episodes and we're only now figuring out how to intro our episodes. I don't know what's going on. And those clumpy noises that you just heard were my dogs coming down the stairs. Two very chunky dogs. No, one very chunky dog and one semi-chunky dog. From my perspective, where the current computer, where my face is, um, all I can see is little tails just like flopping around (laughs) on top of the table. Just like like little like boas just flopping around. Speaking of boas, guys, guess what's going on right this instant as we speak? What? Ramona is in shed mode. It's Big my girl. baby's first shed. Aww. Big they grow girl. Up so fast. They do. I'm so excited. Has she excited. gotten over her picky eating? No, she still hasn't eaten anything. Jeez. But she, everything that I've heard, once she sheds, she's going to want food. So hopefully she'll eat all the pinkies when she's done. So is it one of those things where maybe she's uncomfortable because of the shedding and isn't eating? That's probably, yeah, they don't usually eat. So I'm, I'm kind of learning as I go with these, with the snake thing. Um, they, they're, they're extremely sensitive to touch right. Like during their shed. So she Mm. like, I can't pick her up right now. I can't, I, I do sort of to like check on her and make sure she's doing okay but I pick her up with a damp paper towel instead of my hands. Because when you pick her up with your hands, like you take essential oil from their skin that they need to shed it. So I pick her up with a damp paper towel. She's got like lots of moist hides. I know people hate that word. I'm sorry. Um, And so like where she can go, that's the thing is you want to keep everything kind of damp, even though she's a desert snake, because that'll just make everything go so much smoother. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now we just wait. And eventually she's going to like just shed. And And then eat a mouse. She's so big. And then eat a mouse, hopefully. So she's my little girl's grown up. And I got a new brother today. Yay! He doesn't have a name. He's he's a puppy. Little pupper. He's a... Little puppers. He's a... What did I say that he was? He's a Jack Russell shorty. So they're Some, called something like that. So it's it's kind of like if a corgi was actually a Jack Russell Terrier. Some, I still think you should name him Casper. I agree. I think that would be so cute. <laughs> I side with it because you have Jack for Jackie, mm-hmm. and then you would have Casper for Casper. I mean, but he's you could name dog. him Cap if you don't want to name him Casper. Just Cap, like Captain. Oh, Cap. that's cute. Or Cass. There's a lot of options. But he's not my dog, so I don't get to pick. He, like, he doesn't, I don't even. If you just start calling him Casper, then that's his name. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, I'm probably only going to see this dog, like, once ever in my life in person. (laughs) Because he's actually my stepdad's dog, and we don't really, we don't talk. Like, we don't Uh, have a relationship. mm -hmm. So, um, but my mom is going to bring him over in a couple weeks. She's off work and I made her promise to and like I even texted my stepdad and I was like like I don't we don't get along at all like I don't like him we're not close but I texted him I actually before we had this con we the three of us had this conversation earlier about what to name it I thought Frank I thought he looked like a Frankie and Steve also thought he looked like a Frank and I didn't even say that to him like he independently said Frank and so I texted my stepdad I was like your dad your dog's name is Frank just so you know but then, but then we had our discussion that I, maybe his name is C- 
Casper Frank. <laughs> That's a I name. Sure. Frosper. Frasper. Kank. Kank. <laughs> I don't know. That just Worse. sounds like a cuss word. Kank. Stop being such a kank right now. Because <laughs> it makes you it's think of like freaking kank. Like a kanker sore. Uh, right? I don't. Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe that's why I think negative. Yeah. So when Casper's feeling kind of kanky right now. Not. Oh, that <laughs> came out wrong. Whoa. Whoa there. <laughs> Care to elaborate, Casper? <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure I know what Kim's implying. Uh, oh, a little personal there. Yeah, that's this was well, going for. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a rough couple weeks. I keep getting sick, and it's just that like low grade, like it just won't go away. Like uh, even now, I still have like kind of a sore throat and a stuffy nose. So is like it the flu or, or is it just a bad virus? Yeah. I think it might. I think I might be dying. I think it might be the coronavirus. You know, it goes we'll great see. with the coronavirus. Lyme disease. Oh, but I'm. Oh, yay. Have you heard all the jokes where it's like, you know, with the coronavirus, if you just drink Corona, you'll be fine. That's the cure. Just become an alcoholic and then you'll be all right. I don't really like Corona that much, but I think me I like either, more than I like Me either, but I'm willing to so. if it'll save me from deadly diseases. Yeah. But yeah. So I've been sick and uh, it just won't go away. And then I had like. Pretty much, like, immediately after Jackie had her problems with her car, my car also had a whole oh, bunch yeah, of problems. yeah, that's right. But, yeah, no, basically, I had just been avoiding taking it in for, like, a regular tune-up. And, I like, it finally yelled at me for, like, a whole bunch of stuff. And so I brought it in, and my mechanic was like, yeah, actually, there's, like, a whole bunch wrong with it. And so a whole bunch of money later, here I am with a brand new, well, it's not brand new, but, like, basically brand new because they did so much work on it um but yeah no he's all good and shiny now but it was definitely not fun for a while that is rough did you take it in knowing it would be a big fix or were you just no. like, okay, fine? Well, I knew that like, I knew the timing belt was probably going to have to be replaced. So I knew it was going to cost a little bit more than usual, but then they just kept adding on other things, <sighs> which they were right. Like they did need to be fixed and like they're trustworthy mechanics. I didn't get scammed or anything like they, okay. everything they said were things that did actually need to get fixed, but it was just because it just all hit at once. It ended <sighs> up being a lot more than I wanted mm. it to be. I always hate those trips because they're so yeah. random too. Almost like it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Psych you like eight wrong. grand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Might as well get a new car, piece of junk. Maybe that's why you're sick. And probably the worst part is one of the things that didn't get fixed because they have to like special order a part and will like need to like like spend a couple hours on it. My defroster is broken. Oh, it's winter, no. guys. <laughs> Chicago in the winter time, and you have no defrost. <laughs> yep. I heard Wolf. if you spray salt water that it'll fix it. Oh, that's don't interesting. Do that. I haven't done that one. No, don't do that. That's not true. That, that just makes thicker ice. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> oh, really? I won't yeah. do that one. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Like, but it would melt, wouldn't it? No. Uh-huh. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You put salt in the road, so why'd that not work? Because... It, that's like pure salt. It's not salt water. Just can't trust anyone. Just get an ice scraper. Anyway. Your life is over, Casper. There's no hope. Yep. Nope. There's that's no hope. True. I'm just doomed. I'm damned. Yep. <sighs> yep. You heard it here first. Couple of Debbie Downers. Jeez, Jackie. Sorry. You have good news, right? In your life? 
What was my best friend in the entire world on the face of the planet? Yeah. Vicariously, you have great news. My best friend got engaged. Woo! And I was there. And you got to be part of it. And I lied so well the entire time. Because I'm, I am the world's worst liar on the face of the earth. And I knew for a week before it happened, I spent the whole day with her freaking, uh, freaking out. And then it happened. I got to take the pictures. She told me yesterday that she, that you, like, she had no idea either that you played it totally cool. Yeah. That she was super proud of you. I, I mean, I would have liked to have been there to see the proposal, but more even than being there to see the proposal, I would have loved to have just watched you throughout watched the day. Watched Jackie try just lie throughout this. Um, I did a very good job. There was Obviously, because she had no idea it was coming. We were in the bathroom talking about styles of rings that she liked. And the one that he got was, is it called solitaire? It's or a it's solitaire. A- it's an oval solitaire and it's freaking older. Oh, yeah. It is it, huge. It's like the size of a quarter. At least. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I was thinking more of like a half dollar, but. I was so, you know, like a Big Mac? Oh, yeah. I, it was about, it was like a Big Mac a on her A little finger. bit bigger than a Big Mac. Yeah, it was like in between <laughs> a Big Mac and um, like the largest size pizza that you can get. Really? Um, see, I was thinking it was more like a, like a, you know, like the New York style, like huge, where it takes like 10 people to eat it, like those kind of pizzas. Mm-hmm. I think it was about that size. Probably about that size. That seems appropriate to put on a finger. Yeah, it. Yeah, Close okay, that. yeah, it was yeah. about that size. So Something like, like about about like four or five feet in width. It's 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 <laughs> yeah. kind of heavy too. Because it's, it's, it's a really high quality to... diamond. Like like imagine imagine if you could stare into the eye of God of God of God. Yes, yeah, that's into the how eye of clear God. this four foot in diameter diamond is. Oh, that's so smooth. Oh, okay. And she's here right now. And she just showed me a text where Matt called her fiance. So it's still fresh. Aww. And yes. she's blushing. It's adorable. She told us to shut up. We're not going to. No. We're not going to. Jackie, it reminds me of when we did your engagement. Um, because I was involved with that one. Yeah. Um, because. Man, I never get to be uh, part of anything cool. Um, but yeah, no, I got like contacted by like by Brandon and they were like, we're going to do this thing. We're going to go to this park and I'm going to go and set up everything. And I'm going to need you to take Jackie on this like photo adventure because that's something me and Jackie used to do in college would go on mm. these like uh, photo montage trips like where we would just like week. do. Yeah, we would just like we would both bring our cameras and then just like take photos of each other. It was super fun. Um, so we're doing that and I'm taking all these photos and we're like slowly going. And I'm pretty sure, Jackie, you said the only thing that was suspicious was like we were going really fast, which is not like us. Like yeah, usually yeah. we need to spend a good okay, well, long go time. Here, let's go here. And so at one point, too, I turned and Brandon's car was parked, but he has like a damaged side of oh, his car. Oh, yeah. And it was facing away from me. And I pointed and I said, oh, look, it's Brandon's car. And I kept going. <laughs> but I said <laughs> those like, words. Oh, and uh, another person, Emma, was there with us who was like supposed to also be helping this. Because we were trying to time it so that we would get to the location at sunset. Like that was when we were trying to get it to happen. So we kept trying to be like, oh, let's hold back on this place just a little bit longer and take a few more photos here. Just kidding. We're going to run to the next location. Um, and we're all like yeah no isn't that super weird that Brandon's car is here (laughs) it was really fun 
<laughs> so that's life right now this week in the big city. Medium sized city. Medium in big city. And big city. Yeah, actually, speaking of big cities, I'm really excited because next week I am or next weekend, I'm taking Coyote to the Field Museum for the first time. Um, they lived in the city for a year and have never been to the Chicago's uh, Field Museum. And I'm what is so the field excited. Museum? What'd you say? What is it? It's one of the biggest museums in the city, um, and it's basically like a natural history museum. Um, Ooh. But it's it's where Sue is, the big uh, t- like Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's where <gasps> that dinosaur is. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I- I'm. And they just have a new dinosaur who's like I think he's like a tr- like Titanosaur. It's the biggest dinosaur we've ever found. His name is Maximo, and he fills cool. up the entire like main hall, and his head goes all the way up to the second banister so you like can go up to the like banister and take a selfie with his head and his tail goes out the door wow that's he's so we're coming to visit and you're gonna take us to see maximo yeah and we're gonna take selfies with him yep sounds like a plan i like it are you guys ready to start the show yeah i think so i think we should probably talk about some spooky stuff all right so this week uh we are heading to Idaho. That's where you're supposed Potatoes. To mm. um, so we are heading to Idaho. This is actually a listener story. Um, it's Wait, a, it's a, um, what'd we decide on the name? Oh yeah, we're going to call listen, this. Oh, listener stories from a podcast we already listened to. That's a structure similar, so we're trying to. Oh yeah. What was it? Was um, pass- it was, it was like passenger seat or like pit stop. No, it wasn't pit stop. It was. Was it passenger seat? Passenger seat stories. Tales from the passenger seat. I like it. So it's either passenger seat stories or tales from the passenger seat. We'll figure it out once we name it. We'll figure it out. I thought we could we go can back put and edit a, this all like, out and I can go back and say something. So this week we've got a tale from the passenger seat, which is what we are calling uh, stories that are submitted to us by people who listen to the podcast or people who know us or people who are affiliated with uh, life in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. So this is a um, this is a, a story I that mean, was submitted. I hope huh? all of our stories are affiliated with life because if we're getting stories from people who are not affiliated with life, that means we're getting sco- like stories st- uh, straight from the ghosts. So right. and if Which you are yeah, if you're so. a ghost and you would like to come on the on the on the <laughs> show, please let us know. If you are a ghost and you would like to talk to us, please tell us your story in an email format. <laughs> so Jackie and Casper kind of know the bare bones of this story, but when I read it for the first time, like when when this fine human beings submitted the story to us and let us know, hey, this thing happened um, in uh, my hometown of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Uh, it is, I, I read like the brief synopsis that she sent us and I was like, guys, we have to cover this. Mm-hmm. We have to cover this. <laughs> and so they said, okay, take it, run with it. This is your baby now. And I said, okay. You should not have said that. So, um... They know very little about the story that I'm about to tell you. And I'm so geeked out on this story. I I spent two days reading uh, court transcripts and like every piece of anything that I can get my hands on. I was so, so this story, the, the, the uh, main char- character, 
the main guy in this story is incarcerated. He is in prison. He's looking for pen pals, and I wrote to him. Like, that's how heavily invested in this story I am. He never wrote back to me. She went kind of crazy, honestly. I He never wrote back to me, which is okay. He still might. Like, I, yeah, I kind of get still, it. But. There's still time. Yeah, but so, all right. So we're going to travel back in time to <clears throat> March 24th, 2014. Sometime between 12 so and 1 p.m. not that long ago. <laughs> yeah, we're not traveling so far back. March 24th, 2014, sometime between 12 and 1 p.m., Eldon Samuel III, age 14, murdered his 45-year-old father and his younger brother. How much of the, his family is that? Uh, that's like his whole family. Oh. We're going to get cool. into We'll We'll find out a little bit about this. So the, and the details of this one are pretty intense, so you might want to buckle up. So, um, so for clarity's sake... There's Eldon Samuel III, who is the 14-year-old, and there's Eldon Samuel Jr., his father, Who's the 45-year-old man that he killed. For clarity's sake, whenever I say Eldon, I'm talking about the 14-year-old. Whenever I say Jr., I'm talking about his father. They both went by Eldon, but for clarity's sake, on our show, Eldon is the son, Jr. is the father. Okay. okay? Eldon is a very unusual name for 2014. For two it really people is. Well, if you keep in mind, he's the third. So his dad was yeah. Eldon and his granddad was Eldon. So just I an mean, interesting it is name an to pass down. Name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's for sure passed down. Eldon the Younger was born in California in 1999, which is freaks me out because that was the year before I graduated high school. So it seems like it's not that long ago, but that, I mean, it was 21 years ago. <laughs> it was more than that. Like it was, yeah. it was a long time ago. Uh, Eldon was born in California in 1999 to Eldon Samuel Jr. and Tina Samuel. 11 months later, his younger brother, Jonathan, was born severely autistic. Now, both parents had issues with prescription drugs, which caused severe financial hardship, criminal behavior, multiple arrests. The family was frequently evicted from their roach-infested public housing for non-payment. So all Um, good things. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're not like the best parents in the world. Uh, they camped a lot as a result of not having any place to live consistently. In well, the camping's boys. fun. Cam- and camping the right is context. fun. Yeah, and the camping right is context. fun when you don't have to do it. True. If you have to camp, that's called homelessness. Fair. Okay. Just trying to find so a little silver lining. Let's quote unquote, camp out on this for a second. (laughs) It is interesting to think that some people, so when camping is a choice, it is a very relaxing, outdoorsy, (laughs) one with nature sort of thing. When it isn't a choice, it is homelessness. (laughs) Like, yes, that is true. That's a very interesting uh, thing to think about. Um, So the boys, because they spent a lot of time in the outdoors, quote unquote, camping, they grew up learning how to shoot. Um, from a kind of a young age, like kind of they like they would do things like cut the heads off of rattlesnakes for fun. So you know, they were kind of hard. Typical things little boys do. Yeah, they're kind of hardcore from the beginning. Now, um, I mentioned that both parents were drug addicts, prescription drug addicts. Um, they abused. Uh, like painkillers, like so prescription narcotics. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really clear on chicken and the egg, like which came first, 
the accidents that cause them to be on the narcotics or the narcotics cause accidents. accidents. And then that was like, yeah. So, um, but so I don't know which, which caused which, but, uh, Tina, um, when Eldon was four, Tina was in a car accident. She became suicidal and she was hospitalized repeatedly. Oh, wow. So, um, they, there's probably some TBI there. Uh, traumatic brain injury. Eldon's dad, I think, fell off a ladder at some point, um, which is why he was getting his prescription narcotics. So they they were addicted. And honestly, like, this story is kind of, I don't know. It's To me, it's full of unfortunate things. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I actually ended up feeling kind of sorry for Eldon by the time everything's said and done. Which is weird because you say a 14, like when you hear the details of this crime, you're going to be like, you felt what mm-hmm. now? But. <sighs> well, that's I actually, feel- isn't that a pretty typical thing with like with murderers and killers that usually somebody doesn't walk out and just like shoot somebody. Usually it's, yeah. if you're going to be a killer, it's because you come from a place of trauma and pain yeah. and you, there's, oh, there's like the, um, I think it's like the three main things that make a serial mm-hmm. killer, which are like it's torturing like bed animals, wedding, bedwetting, and like associating like fire, like they're big into fire. Yeah. Or it's fire. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, usually, uh, people who are killers, especially young killers have like really traumatic stuff in their backstory. So yes. it's not unusual and to feel sorry and kind of empathetic for them. That is you know, absolutely it the case. Negate what they did, but yeah. And I feel like I f- it's just a bad, it's bad all all the way around because if his parents' accidents did cause their addictions, like how much it's that same question that is faced by society at large right now. Like how much of that is the the doctors mm-hmm. for continuing to prescribe these heavy painkillers that they now know get people addicted. Um, but I guess, I mean, maybe back in 2014, it wasn't quite as bad as it is now. Um, definitely not anyway, as public. So when he was four, Tina was in the accident. She was hospitalized repeatedly. Now things were already bad between Tina and junior at this point, because when she refused to turn over her settlement check to her husband, junior doused her with lighter <sighs> fluid and threatened to burn her alive. Oh, that's a healthy relationship right there. Yeah. Oh. So Eldon's four. His younger brother, Jonathan, is he's 11 months younger, so he's like three. And that's not that long ago. Like, it's hard to think about, imagine, like, who your partner does that to you. Yeah. Like Steve or Coyote. Yeah. You have a fight. What is, like, specific threat, too? Like, it's not just, like, I'm going to, like, hit you or hurt you or something like that. Like, it is a very specific planned out thing that is going to happen. That he right. is starting to do. Right. Yeah. That's now not that a lash out thing. That's a, you went and got lighter fluided and planned to yes. do this. Yeah. Here's the match. Like dare me. Yeah. 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 When that was when Eldon was four, four, when he was six, junior intentionally ran over Tina, breaking her collarbone at 10 do you think Junior well, that one, do you think that one was like an abusive situation or do you think that was like to get hurt so that they could go get more per, like prescription pain meds? Uh, I mean, he threatened to set her on fire. I mean, yes, but 
I think it was kind of a, I think it was probably maybe a little bit of both. I didn't even think about that. Those yeah, I didn't point. either, but that, that could be a little bit of both. Um, but then four years later, when Eldon was 10, Junior held a gun to Tina's head, bound her with duct tape and forced Eldon to urinate on her. Oh. Yeah. There's no, like, there's no, what if it was, could it be, no. You held a gun to your wife's head and you made this little boy pee on his mother. This this 10-year-old boy, yeah. So is that like a, because I'm I'm trying to think of his reasoning. Like, would that be a power move? Like, look at me, I'm holding a gun to your head and making him do this? Absolutely, that's a power move. He is so sick. Eldon Samuel Jr. is sick. Why don't you just go out to Denny's like everyone else on a nice like <laughs> dinner? <laughs> go for ice cream or something. Yeah. Don't hold it. Like, yeah. hey, let's bond over me, over your mom. Yeah. Like me trying to kill her and you peeing on her. Woo! Fun. Yeah. What a wonderful Woo! Father-son bonding. <laughs> Fun for the whole family. So mm-hmm. now this whole time. He is a crank. He, yeah. I mean, that's putting it mildly. This whole time, Junior believed that a zombie apocalypse was imminent. Now. Oh. Um, so remember, this is, so this was like the early 2000s, um, which is when the whole zombie popularity resurgence happened. Sure. You know, you know, The Walking Dead and all of that. Um, he was a, Junior was a big fan of Grand Theft Auto and first person zombie shooting games. I mean, and they are fun. give you that. Eldon was playing these games when he was like little, like little, little, like four years old. He's playing GTO. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, blame violent, blame video games. Don't blame video games, but it does. It does desensitize you a little bit when you're that young and you're being Mm -hmm. exposed to that kind of thing repeatedly. I'm going to push back a little bit on that one because I played video games with my dad as a kid and I was like three years old sitting on his lap watching him play Half-Life games and shooting aliens. And like, I like, I didn't descend. Like, yes, I'm desensitized. I mean, granted, I work at a haunted house now. (laughs) I love horror movies. So maybe the point is valid, but I'm not killing things. And do, but do you think also too that there's a difference between games like Grand Theft Auto where you're shooting yes, humans versus games where you're shooting aliens? And, that is fair. And two, growing up doing that as a loving memory with as your a loving bonding love like actual child father bonding moment. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not like hey, let's go kill rattlesnakes in your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. and two, because it's that tied with like gun violence in real life. So there's that line that has already been crossed. You're doing this thing with guns consistently online and digitally. And also there is the physical things you have handled and seen used in an unhealthy way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's very hard to cross that line, but once. Yeah. There's no going back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In 2013, Tina finally left on her own. So she didn't take her son's. Um, Junior moved the boys to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Eldon was frequently treated for insomnia, nausea, migraines, blurred vision, and congestion. Now, keep in mind the living conditions that they were in. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it's no, it's no shock that he's going through this stuff. Like, he was not a healthy kid. Um, 
And keep in mind, too, his younger brother is pretty severely autistic because that's going to come into play later. It's interesting that Tina chose to leave on her own. She didn't take either one of her sons yeah, with her. Yeah, I was which thinking I, about that. That like I was like, good for her to get out of that situation. But you did leave both of your young sons in a known them. like abusive house. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because we say young sons, but Eldon was 13. Oh. Jonathan was 12. So it's not like they're little boys at this time. This was 2013. This was the, a year mm-hmm. before Eldon killed his dad in 2014. So he's a teenager young teenager but he's a teenager and I'm sure that she that memory like you don't forget your son doing things Mm -hmm. like peeing on you while Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like yeah she had to have been very conflicted Mm -hmm. and I will say um and we'll kind of get into this a little bit later but she now stands by him. Like she has, she testified on his behalf at his trial. Um, you know, she has established a relationship with him again. Um, mm-hmm. So she like is fully supportive of her son mm-hmm. and she doesn't blame him for any of the things that happened. Interesting. So that's good. Okay. But she, I'm sure it, it probably took time, her a minute to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So she left. Uh, Junior moved the boys to Idaho, and um, on the evening of March 24th, 2014, police responded to the Samuel house after Eldon called saying his father was shot. So Eldon is the one that called the police. Uh, Initially, he had said that his father killed Jonathan, but then according to the official court documents, this is what actually happened. And now this is this is where it gets pretty, like, we're going to get into some detail here. Was Eldon the, Samuel. Before we jump in, can I ask, was, do we know if, like, the 911 call, was he, like, was Eldon actually upset? Or was he no. just, like, faking? Was it very factual? Like, it was how- very, I was not able to find the actual 911 call, but from the things that I have read, um, he was very calm he was he never was really upset he didn't really show a lot of emotion mm. like he was just very matter of fact about everything interesting so these are from this is all kind of notes and stuff that i got directly from the pretrial court transcripts eldon samuel junior so the dad was on medication again He abuses the medication, so we don't know. And it never was clarified what exactly his state of mind was during this whole time. Like, was he high? Was he not high? Was he just on his regular prescribed medication? There were tons and tons and tons of pill bottles all over the house in various stages of emptiness. So who knows what his mental state was. But he was on medication when he shot a forty-five outside believing that a zombie apocalypse had begun. Now, we'll talk a little bit about where he got this idea for the zombie apocalypse later. Okay. Eldon III, so the, the son, told his father to go back inside. Once his father went inside, he pushed Eldon in the chest and told him to leave. Eldon picked up his father's gun, and when his father pushed him a second time, Eldon shot him in the stomach. Junior then crawled to Jonathan's room, leaving a trail of blood on the floor. 
Eldon did not believe the first shot killed his father, so he shot him three more times in the head once he reached the bedroom. After killing his father, Eldon saw his brother hiding under the bed and told him to get out. Jonathan didn't move, so Eldon got a shotgun, shot his brother while he was under the bed, then reloaded the shotgun and continued to shoot Jonathan. He then dropped the shotgun and started to stab his brother with a knife. He moved the mattress off the bed frame and got a machete. Eldon swung the machete at his brother through the gaps in the wood planks of the bed frame. And when his brother tried to climb out from underneath the bed, miraculously, he's somehow still alive. Yes. Uh, Eldon hit him in the back of the head with a machete, continuing to swing it as hard as he could until he stopped talking and was quiet. And then he made the 911 call. Now, a note on the timing because this is going to come into, a, into play. The neighborhood heard the shot outside at about 7.30. Like, multiple neighbors said they heard a gunshot at 7.30 mm-hmm. outside. The police didn't arrive at the house until 9 p.m. Ooh, holy crap. Yeah. How do you not hear a shotgun and be like, hmm, like, I should go check that out ASAP? Yeah. Well, depending on where they're living, um, I know that like where I live, it's not uncommon to hear random gunfire in the woods because I live in like hunting areas where like my parents are. Well, it's interesting that you should bring that up because they did not live in a hunting area, but they did live in low-income housing provided by St. Vincent de Paul. Now, the low-income housing prohibited weapons. However, it was low-income housing like I mean it was basically the so the area in which they lived was low-income housing and it was like there were different areas in this like kind of housing complex where there the rent was super cheap like a hundred bucks a month Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or there was emergency housing which is where they had been living so I think I don't know if it was free like totally free housing or what, but they were living in the emergency housing. Now bear in mind, this is a tiny, tiny house. Like it's 800 square feet, something Mm -hmm. like that. Like it's not big. Um, but the neighbor, the, the housing neighborhood had uh, weapons were not supposed to be there, Mm -hmm. but clearly they were, but clearly they were. Yeah. Now Eldon had attended school, public school sporadically, but he was described by his teachers as polite. He was eager to learn. Uh, and when police got to his house, Eldon was covered in blood. In his interview, he said that he hated his brother and he blamed Jonathan for his anger issues and that he believed Jonathan was the cause of both parents' addictions. He thought that if it weren't for his younger brother, the Samuels would just be a normal, happy family. Wait, 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 wait. He's blaming his younger brother for his own anger issues. Yes. His younger, severely autistic brother. Now, For his own anger issues. Yes. Got yep. it. Okay, that seems healthy. I do I do see where you Keep can, in mind he's 14. Yeah, where you can feel bad for him. Yeah. Because I feel like at that age, you're not able to fully like comprehend scenarios. So he's probably... Seeing all this horrible stuff. Yeah, and he absolutely. Has, he has to justify it somehow. So, okay, it's not me, but it, I bet it's my brother. And then kind yeah. of fixating and obsessing over that. I can't imagine the life that he was living. Like, they can't, they're, they are living a, they're not quite homeless at this point. But his mom has left. 
Mm-hmm. And he knows full reason why like his escaped. mom left. Like not he, even yeah, left, like yeah, escaped. He, yes, exactly. And he knows that. He's probably still being abused by his dad, I'm sure. And finally, one day he just snaps. And I'm mm-hmm. sure like his brother was, I mean, he's auti- like severe autism. So I'm sure he requires special care. The boys went to different schools. Uh, so I'm sure that that was a huge stressor on both Eldon and Junior. And trying two, to take what care if of his Jonathan. little brother is getting more attention than him? And bear, keep in mind too, though, he's not just, he's not like a little brother. He's 11 months younger. Yeah. So it's not like he's like a little kid or anything. Although mentally he probably, you know, he, he was. But physically, you see this kid who he's your age mm-hmm. and he's getting being treated so differently. And he, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot, a lot going on in this kid's head. Like, I, I, I don't want to say I get it, but I, I see what it, you know, where what it's coming from. It, yeah. 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 Now. Also, interesting thing that I noticed, um, I don't, I have absolutely no idea if this would, was actually a thing or not, but it's interesting that you said when he thought that his father wasn't dead, he ended up like taking the gun and shooting him three more times in the head. That's mm-hmm. a video game thing. Like, um, there is an actual quote that like a lot of gamers know that is uh, three hot shots to the head. You know, they're dead. That's a like hunting monster video game thing. If you want to make sure the creature that you're hunting is actually dead, you shoot it a couple times in the head just to make sure that it's fully down. Well, in the zombie thing, like he had been raised. Mm-hmm. Zombies are coming. Zombies are coming. The zombie apocalypse is coming. And how do you destroy a zombie? You shoot it in, you the, shoot head. It in the head. Mm-hmm. So I, he... There's no doubt that Eldon was, he's he's a very messed up kid. Now, he talked to the police when the police brought him to the, you know, they took him into the um, police station and they talked to him. Later, Eldon would say that he understood his basic rights as explained to him by the police, but he, quote, didn't understand all the words they used and he was never offered an attorney. Huh. Oh. This is going to be a big point of contention when it comes to his trial because his attorney, we're going to talk a lot about his trial. His attorney would say that Eldon didn't understand that they weren't really open and honest with him about what they were doing and why they were questioning him and the fact that he was a suspect and like, and they never offered him an attorney and like he didn't get it and he understood Mm. the basic concept of his rights, but he didn't really fully get it. So that was the first day. The next day, Eldon made his first appearance in court where he was charged as an adult and given a million dollar bail, which obviously nobody's going to come and bail him out. Yeah. So I, something else too, there was a grandfather supposedly somewhere, which I think was Eldon, Eldon Samuel the first. Mm -hmm. So, Eldon Samuel Jr.'s dad, I think is the reason why they moved to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I think that's where he lived. And so there were some, I kept, he kept coming up, but nobody ever said that they saw him or that they were aware of him. So apparently he maybe lives in the area, but was not super active in their lives. I'm not really Mm -hmm. sure. Um, So when you guys asked how much of his family was it, mom's in California, granddad is probably here, but he's not really clear on where like how he fits into the story mm-hmm. so when he when Eldon made his first appearance in court he was quiet 
He said he understood what he was charged with and he was appointed a public defender named John Adams, of all <laughs> names. Sure. I dig it. Now, Adams claimed that he had heard about the shooting and went to the police station, but he wasn't allowed to see Eldon. So he said that he had gone to the police station the night before because he wanted to represent this kid. Mm-hmm. Apparently he heard the scanner traffic or whatever. He went to the police station and, and then ended up being his attorney. Originally, the state charged Eldon with two counts of first degree murder, but then they dropped Eldon Jr. to second degree under the guise of self-defense. Because remember, he was shoving him him and Eldon snapped and shot his dad. So first degree for Jonathan, second degree for dad. Yeah, you can argue that the dad was self-defense, but there is no getting around the little, like the younger brother. Yeah, yeah. Now, the lawyer, John Adams, requested that all statements Eldon made to police be suppressed, including his confession. He also challenged Idaho's ban on the insanity defense, which I didn't realize. You can't plead insanity in Idaho. Really? Insanity doesn't... It's not... There's a ban on it. People just aren't crazy in Idaho? I guess not. Uh, and, it's those and potatoes that keeps them sane. the charge... Huh? It's the potatoes that keeps them sane. Right. He protested the charge as an adult, and he requested that the jury pool come from outside the county because there were too many things, like people knew low-income housing, they kind of knew about the family, and they knew, I don't know how, like, I guess they kind of knew what was going on. Now, during this period, the pretrial period, it came out that Eldon had previously beaten his younger brother and stabbed him in the back in 2004. In 2004, Eldon Samuel was five years old. Oh, he Why stabbed does that his, child have a knife? He stabbed his little brother in the back when he was five years old. Wow. Yeah. All like, I'm so sorry, but all I can think of is that vine where it's the little kid running and the mom goes, what do you have? And the little kid goes, a knife. That's oh, all yeah. I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> Why does that child have a knife? Now, in the preliminary hearing, one of the investigators who took the stand described Jonathan Samuel as, quote, notably smaller than his older brother. And the transcript of the preliminary hearing is actually really interesting. You can find it online. Like, it's not, I didn't take a lot of digging to come up with it either. Mm. John Adams is super intense and semi-annoying. So his (laughs) lawyer is just like, he, I did not look up a picture of him. I probably should. He's just like, I, because I didn't want to mess with my, this picture in my mind. Like I picture him as fat and bald and conceited and just loud and red faced. And like, he's, is it like the kind of person that's so conceited that you can see that they're extremely wrong, but they're like, no, like I'm the best. I'm right. Yes. That's what I picture him as. And I know that he's just doing his job. But I feel like he is a public defender. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he took this case. He heard about it and he he heard 14-year-old boy kills his dad and his brother. And he's like, oh, oh, here's some publicity here. I'm going to uh, go get my hooks into this one and I'll be. I could be famous. I'll be famous. I really, I really think that's the kind of guy that he is. So these are some of the things that were established in the preliminary hearing. One, 
the police never tested Eldon for drugs. So the dad, they did an autopsy on and they knew that there were drugs in his system, but they never tested the son for drugs. Jonathan was shot a total of nine times with two different guns. That's a lot of times to get shot. Yeah. But wait, remember he also stabbed him? Yeah. All but two of the 40 to 50 knife and machete wounds were post-mortem. Shot him nine times and then stabbed him as many as 50 times after he was dead. That's so much anger. Do you think that just Eldon was really bad at aiming and just didn't like couldn't hit places that were lethal or do you think he was intentionally drawing it out? I don't think he would. I neither. I, I honestly think that he saw red mm-hmm. and it's really a shame that I, I, I think that the insanity defense would have held if they had been allowed to use it. Mm-hmm. Because I honestly, it sounds to me like he just snapped. What I envision happening is he had a bad day or whatever. Like maybe he and his dad had already been at it a little bit. Maybe Jonathan had done something to bother him earlier in the day. Something happened before before all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, you know, his dad's out in the front yard shooting a gun. Eldon he's 14 and he's like really the man of the house. He's like the only res- quote unquote responsible one in the house. Mm-hmm. He tries to get himself up, get himself to school. He wants to go to school. Like his teacher said that he liked learning. Like he liked going to school. He was polite. He was nice. He was a good kid. So he is trying to get his dad. Who's probably strung out on who knows what into the house. And then his dad pushes him, and it's finally just, it snaps. Mm-hmm. Shoots his dad. His dad goes crawling into the room. Jonathan, I'm sure, was terrified, tried to take. So Eldon's already, like, he's already mad. He's already, mm-hmm. like, out there. And then he hears Jonathan, and he, he just totally loses it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm imagining happened in my head. I don't, I mean, obviously I wasn't there, I tried to get the story straight from the horse's mouth, but the horse didn't write back. <laughs> so I don't know. But that's that is what I'm envisioning. And if he ever does write back, I'm gonna try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um there were already pu- now also it came out that there were already public defenders there when John Adams showed up to try to represent Eldon. Which is why he said that Eldon wasn't allowed to speak to an attorney or whatever. I There were already people that were there. And then, like, John Adams showed up and was like, hey, I want to talk to this kid. And they wouldn't let him in because, like, he hadn't been assigned an attorney or anything. And they're like, mm-hmm. we're not just going to let some random person come in. Like, right. who are you? Who hired you? Who? Anything. Yeah. Uh, a year before... Junior had been hospitalized after he'd passed out from huffing. And it was interesting that um, when he was passed out from huffing the year before, um, Eldon and Jonathan had been at the hospital. So, like, Eldon passed out. I can't remember if he, I think, 
Eldon Jr. might, or like the younger Eldon might have even driven his dad to the hospital or like somehow he got, the boys got to the hospital with the dad after he'd passed out from huffing and like nobody knew what to do with them. Mm -hmm. And they were about to call CPS and like put him in foster care. But Junior like came to and basically left the hospital and took his kids. Like before anybody could do anything about it. Hmm. And at the hospital, Eldon made it sound like this is a pretty common occurrence. Like his dad passes out. It's Mm -hmm. no big deal. So, I mean, he was, they were on the radar or should have been on the radar of the police department. There's something wrong here. There's no way that those boys should have been with him to begin with. Like CPS should have said, there's just failings. So all the way around in this Mm -hmm. case, they're like, they're, (sighs) He was a known drug addict. And actually the girl that sent us the story, her mom worked with the Samuel family as a drug rehab counselor. That's how she heard about the story initially. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's how she heard about the story initially. She sent it to us and then I kind of got involved in it and like researched and stuff. But so he was in, he was in like mandatory drug counseling. So, Clearly somebody, some, cause you know, Junior's not going to go to drug counseling voluntarily. Right. He's, he's not going to, he doesn't want to quit. He's passing out from huffing like on a regular basis. So like clearly these kids were on somebody's radar and nobody called CPS. Nobody stepped in. Nobody decided to take a chance and like try to help these kids Jonathan would still, I mean, I don't care. Elton Samuel Jr. can rot in hell for all I care. Like he Mm -hmm. was, he was a terrible person. Like, fine. Okay. He's dead. Who cares? But Jonathan, (laughs) he didn't do anything wrong. He's just a kid trying to protect himself from his crazy older brother. So he could still be alive. Elton Samuel, the third could have not gone to prison. Could have not, you know, he could have had a life for himself. If somebody had bothered to call CPS and been like, Hey, can you just maybe check on these kids? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, so the other interesting thing, and I mentioned that um, Eldon Samuel Jr., the dad, had been shooting a forty-five out in his in the yard and was screaming about the zombie apocalypse coming. Now, the neighbor across the street had been watching The Walking Dead on a TV that was visible from the street oh, when no. he heard the first shot. And so it was a pretty, the way he described it, it's like a big picture window mm-hmm. in the front of his, or like a, a pretty decent sized window in the front of his house. And you can see the TV through the window. And then he heard a shot. Wow. And he, like he and his wife both testified that they didn't hear, you asked Jackie about the, like the shotgun sounds. Hear the shotguns, mm-hmm. yeah. They did, now the, Neighbor across the street is kind of hard of hearing anyway. So he had the TV turned way up because he was hard of hearing. You couldn't oh, hear it. So, okay. but it wasn't turned up so loud that they couldn't hear the gunshot from outside. from outside. They heard that one. But if the TV's turned up, he has bad hearing. If a shotgun blast comes from inside a house, I could see how they wouldn't. And you're watching something that. like Walking Dead, which already has a whole lot of like gunfire and random right. fighting that like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
however, there were other neighbors. Like, he wasn't the only one that heard the shot from outside. So I don't know. And not everybody's watching gunfire, walking dead shows at this yeah. time. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody else called 911. Like, nobody else. None, none of this stuff happened. Um. So that's, I think that that's probably why Junior was shouting about the zombies is because he saw, he was strung out and he saw zombies in his neighbor's house and the zombie apocalypse is upon us and it's time to get going. To be fair, Walking Dead is a great show and (laughs) being prepared for the zombie apocalypse is not a bad thing. But don't get... Don't, don't see a TV and don't then start do, shooting Yeah. Don't do what Eldon Jr. did and yeah. start shooting at your neighbor's TV screens. I'm all right. for a yeah. plan for when the zombie apocalypse does hit because, like, sure, zombies, whatever. Yes. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, harmless prepping is very different. <laughs> a, a little bit, yeah. Now, Eldon and his attorney tried to get his confession thrown out, saying that he wasn't Mirandized properly. Now, remember, I there was a big to-do about this. The way that um, they Mirandized him, what, it was a little unorthodox. They kind of were like, hey, remember, you've seen those TV shows, like where they throw a guy up against a car and they read him his rights. And this isn't like that. This is, I just want to let you know that if you want to talk to an attorney, you can, you don't have to say anything to us. But if you, if you do talk to us, it would really help us out. Oh, so, so it, it, almost, there was, it almost sounds like they were trying to be like nice to like a kid at first because like he's, he's a young teenager. But then it like at the end, it sounds very entrapment, very like yeah. manipulative. And so mm. then they were like, do you do you understand that, that you don't have to talk to us? If you do, you just got to sign right here. And he signed. So like very conversational. None of this, like what you see on TV where you have the right to remain silent, you have the right to an attorney, blah, blah, blah. They were very conversational about it and very like, do you understand that you don't have to talk to us? Yeah. All right. Sign this. And then tell us what happened. When Mm. you're 14 and you are, it's not that he wasn't educated because he kind of was, but he wasn't at the same time. Like, but you know adults what I mean? are like, still yeah. like over yeah. him all the time. Absolutely. I'm 23 years old and I probably wouldn't understand everything that's involved with the Miranda rights. With They're like mm-hmm. shouted at me or said like that. Like I probably wouldn't same. understand everything that they're saying to me. And if they had been like, you don't have to talk to us. Okay, sign here. Sure, I'd sign because I wouldn't yeah. know any difference. And he mm-hmm. also, Eldon, during this whole, like, questioning period also was, like, he was more worried about, like, where am I going to stay? Yeah. Like, where am I going to go? Who's going to take care of me? Like, mm-hmm. do I, do we, are, are we going to talk in here? Like, what what's going on? So he just kind of wanted all, like, I, I really think that he was not in a right mental state when he committed all of these things. And then he's coming down and he kind of knows what happened. But probably at the same time, like, he kind of doesn't know what happened. Mm-hmm. So, um, they also tried to claim that he wasn't competent to stand trial and they submitted a, a report from a neuropsychologist. The judge was actually, the judge in this case seemed pretty like a decent guy. Like he seemed pretty on the up and up and he was willing to allow that if Eldon also agreed to see the prosecution psychologist that he would, and like the prosecution psychologist said that he wasn't competent. All right, you're not competent to stand trial. Like the judge is like, all right. Mm-hmm. But it's only fair that, like, you see both sides 
Yeah. Like, right. I see that you, okay, you provided a neuropsychologist. If you really aren't competent to stand trial, then the other side should have the same opportunity. Mm-hmm. Nope. Eldon refused to see the prosecutor. Interesting. Oh, wow. And I mean, who knows what that's about? It could be just like, he's just like, I'm tired of this. Could be like he admitted, yeah, you know what? I did it. I'm not proud of it. It happened. I deserve to be punished. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, everything was allowed in. There was a long jury trial. Eldon was sentenced on January 29th, 2014. So less than a year, really, from March That's to January is really when all of this took place. In, like, court- that is very fast. Yeah. Uh, so to give you a little bit of a reference, um, I think it was around the same time. It was like 2015, 2016, something like that. Um, there was a murder, uh, uh, like a man was murdered um, in our local area. And we had, I don't want to go into great detail because I, for various reasons, but I knew people that were involved with the murder and uh, like on the fringes and it still has not gone to trial. Oh. What year was that in? Oh, it was like 2015, 2016, wow. something like that. So, and so years later, like three, four, five years later, it still hasn't gone to trial. So the fact that Eldon Samuel, like it happened Pre-trial, trial, everything happened in less than a year. That's really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sentenced to 10 to 15 years for the death of his father and 20 years for killing his brother. And those sentences run concurrently. So if it's concurrent, it means that they are together. So oh, basically okay. he was sentenced to 20 years. So he basically like he served the 10 to 15 years for the death of his father while he was serving the 20 years for the death of his brother. Okay. Oh, so okay. really? He didn't, he didn't really get any time for killing his dad, which seems fair. I feel like the judge kind of smirked to himself. As <laughs> yeah. Like a, okay, Agreed. This one I care about, but the other one, like, eh, it's mm. fine. Yeah. <laughs> so basically he got 20 years. So he'll be eligible um, for, release in 2034 uh he served two years in juvenile in a juvenile facility before being moved to an adult prison in 2016 and since he was only 16 at that time when he was moved to an adult prison he was required by law to be kept away from actual adults so he was in solitary confinement for two years which is just i feel like gonna make any issues you have worse so much worse um i haven't been able to find anything about his behavior or anything. Presumably he's okay because he's allowed to have pen pals and stuff. Hmm. Um, he, he now is 20, 20, 21 years old. He got his high school GED in prison. According to his pen pal page for prisoners, um, he says he wants to get a college degree in social work. Interestingly Interesting. Enough. So I think that he kind of has, I'm sure he, while he's in prison, that he's gone through therapy. Mm. I'm sure that he probably has been part of a program. Um, and again, I really feel like it was just, he just got dealt a bad hand. I can, I can very much see that. Yeah. I think that if he had had different parents 
or even one different parent, if even one of his parents had been different. Yeah. I feel like his life would have been completely, totally different. Nurture versus nature. I think this was a hundred percent nature. Like the situation he was placed in for sure. Yeah. In my 30 minute knowledge of the story. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Interestingly, uh, Eldon lists his religion as Christian and his sexual orientation as gay. And that's the only information we have. So there you go. There's the story of the Samuel family of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Whoop. And do you remember the name of the girl? She said that we could say her first name. Lindsay, I believe is her first name. Was it Lindsay? Okay. I think it's Lindsay. So so shout out to Lindsay. Yeah. For, Thank you, for Lindsay. For sending us the story. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really enjoyed researching well, this story. So her story itself, it was her mom working with, was it the parents? Mm-hmm, the dad. Yep. Directly. Mm-hmm. That is intense. And she, I think the mom knew the boys too. Like she knew of them. Her mom was very traumatized by this whole thing. Like she was really upset. Um, Lindsay wrote to us and she said she remembers when her mom like came home and was just in tears, like really, really upset about all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, Lindsay has moved. That's her hometown is Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And she's moved now and lives in the Dayton area. Uh, near where Jackie and I are, um, but she she said it was it was pretty traumatic for her mom. I yeah I, I could get imagine it. why. Yeah, I could imagine that would be pretty traumatic. Yeah, and they had it was interesting. They had um, all different kinds of people uh, testifying the pretrial. I couldn't find the trial transcripts because it was closed and sealed and everything. But the pretrial, um, they had like uh, Eldon shop teacher testified. And he said, you know, he was always a good kid. Like when he came to school, he was very respectful, like really responsible with the tools. Like I wouldn't have let him use band saws and stuff if I thought there was if something thought, seriously yeah. wrong with him. Like, Wait, was it Zoe or Lindsay? Zoe. Okay. It was Zoe. I, yes. Why was I thinking Lindsay? I, Thank you, I Zoe. Yes, Zoe. Sorry, Zoe. I didn't mean no, to get your name I was, wrong. I was thinking Zoe the whole time. I knew it was something that ended in E. Okay. No, it's Zoe. Um, we're Facebook friends now. Because I'm of friends this story. with. Uh, yeah, same. I'm, but I don't like. I, we've never actually met her in person. Yeah, Sorry, maybe we should do that. Um, Zoe, if you ever want to come on the show and talk about this more, we'd love to have you as like a little blip for a follow up episode. Yeah. And also, I might as well say this too. So Zoe was showing me some of her art. Zoe is a fantastic freaking artist yes so casper you would lose your freaking mind it's like very dark very beautiful is the best way to put it yeah she does a lot of like fairy stuff it's i like feel people like and i don't know but no like we do appreciate it i i remembered your name zoe i'm sorry zoe kim did not she'll remember i now. I, I will totally remember we i'm will never forget names. zoe ever again now um, yes. Zoe, we, we don't have a lot to offer, but if you would like a mile 13 sticker, which we have now, uh, and some free publicity, just let us know. And we will totally give you a like link to your page on our Facebook page and friendship. Cause you seem fun and yeah. friendship. We Agreed. always will offer friendship. Yeah. Always. I'm Absolutely. Gonna... Hang on uh, now. even to convicted criminals who don't write us back. Yeah. Hashtag salty. <laughs> Bryn was walking down the stairs saying, sorry, 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 with each step. <laughs> That's horrible. Okay. Because she sees the on-air light. So those of you that don't, like, I don't think Casper's ever, I don't know, we haven't done a tour of the studio. 
don't know. We'll do it eventually. Someday we'll do a tour, tour of the studio. We have an actual, like, those lights that say on air. Um, it's at the bottom of our steps so that when people come down, like, we turn it on because so when people come down the steps, they see, oh, wait, somebody's recording. Somebody's Some people recording. listen to the sign. I'm just kidding. Actually, nobody listens to the sign, but it's someday somebody's going to, oh, also, this has nothing to do with anything, but I'm so excited and I can't wait to post pictures when they come in. No, stop. Shut up. Are they your mice? Yes. I can't tell about the mice. They're just, mm, they're gross. They're not gross. Guys, I love Pulp Fiction. It's my favorite movie. I love stuffed, like taxidermied mice. I love that they like put them in cute things like mermaids and stuff. And so I finally got Steve. I found a set of taxidermied Pulp Fiction mice complete okay. with like little suits and handguns. And I finally talked Steve into letting me get them and they that's will be here really in the mail. Cool. Jackie, you have to I'm, admit that that's super cool. I am so excited. And so, and not a fan. No, here's the best part. Jules is a brown mouse. Is that, um, that's the Samuel Jackson character. He's a brown mouse. Vincent is a white mouse and Jules is a brown mouse. <laughs> I, lo- I can't wait till they wow, come in and show so you guys. Cute. I can't wait. I'm sorry. All right. So, uh, so that's the story of Ellen Samuel and Zoe. Uh, and so and we don't know who Lindsay is, but I'm sure she's great. But I'm sure Lindsay's I, I think awesome. Lindsay's probably another listener that is, I know for, I know there was somebody named Lindsay in that list of, cause we've had a couple of people send us in, uh, stories that they like have heard or know about. And I'm Pretty Lindsay sure. was another listener. See, that's where. Okay. We'll cover I, her story later. We will, because Jackie sent us, uh, sent Casper and me are like uh, the list of all of the people that have sent stories to us. And I, I looked at it and I'm pretty, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a Lindsay on there. So there is. Yeah, there is. Jackie, I, I don't think you ever sent me that list. It's, oh. <laughs> it's in our drop the Google doc file. I'll send it again. It's okay. Cool. So. All right. So anyway, uh, that's where we're at now. We have stickers. Um, I left one in Washington, D.C. Nice. I did. Uh, So if you were the lucky finder of our Washington, D.C. sticker, congratulations to you. Um, We didn't get a lot of stickers. We we just got a really good deal on them. So we only got like 50. Um, So 50 of them are in Chicago and 50 of them are in the Dayton area. So be on the lookout for mile 13 stickers because we will just probably leave them randomly. Um, which That's is my fun. favorite thing to do. They're not really, I mean, they're small. They're only like two inches. So they're not really worth charging you for. They're like f- worth 50 cents or a dollar. I think they're beautiful. They, they are, beautiful. but I'm just saying like, a two, they are really cool looking stickers, but I'm just saying a two inch sticker doesn't like, it's like a little two. Yeah. How much are you going to charge for that? Like 25 cents? Yeah. It's, they're not very big. So, um, if they were bigger, if they were like window clings, I would totally charge you guys for them, but they're, they're little. So, uh, so just be on the lookout. If you're in the Dayton, Ohio or Chicago, Illinois area, you might just find a mile 13 sticker and you'll be one of the cool kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like us. All right. So you guys got anything else? No, I think I'm good. I think right. I'm good so too. That's this, Very interesting. That's this week's story. Yeah. We'll do it is more really interesting we'll do to m- think about like uh, the difference between um, like the stories that we usually cover that are like back in the 18th century and like shit like that of like really oh, yeah. old oh, stories. Bad stuff is still going on. What? Well, sorry, what'd you say? Bad stuff is still going on. As I said, that stuff I was like, I don't think the iron horse. 
it's just super interesting really? to like tell a story from the olden days to be so disconnected from it. It's such a different mindset to like approach a story that has happened just a couple years ago. Um, yeah. Like all true. Every like everything we say is right. Like, well, unless we do our research wrong, but everything we say is right <laughs> and has happened in history. But for some reason, if it's only happened a couple years ago, it hits so much closer to home. And it's like it's so much harder to make light of and like joke around about because it's happened so recently. Well, and I think, too, because the killer, first of all, the killer was a child. Right. That makes it. Secondly, the killer is still alive and you can correspond with him. Like, you can see pictures of him. You can correspond with him. Yeah. He would love to hear letters from you. He's looking for... He is actually, like, looking for his soulmate, I think. Oh. Like he's looking for somebody to connect with. So, you're interested in that kind of thing. Look up Eldon Samuel. It won't be any of be us, because we already have significant others. But, oh, if you are, you know, interested. He likes art. Single and ready to mingle. Right. Zoe But he's gay. Art. So, if you're a girl, don't... <laughs> Zoe, not, stay away. interested in you. You know, so we don't sorry, do it. He's type. Yeah, sorry. He's gay. You only ask boys. I think I think you can do better too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you love who you love, but Zoe, he's not a looker and he's a murderer. You're, you're better than that, Zoe. And Zoe is quite pretty. So yes. I think also Zoe has a man in her life. Okay. Well, Zoe, I'm happy for you. <laughs> I don't think it was gonna work out between you and oh, she was Zoe's El- gonna listen El- to this episode. I can and remember be like, this. what the fuck, guys? <sighs> All right, we're done okay. here. All right. So find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Uh, J- oh, Jackie, do you want to plug your new website? Uh, I mean, I can. I have a new website. Please plug your new website because it's really good. Uh, we'll see. It's hard because it's Wix. So it's like. That's all right. It's. Jackie is, for those of you who don't know, aside from being a podcaster, Jackie is a phenomenal artist. Um, she, she designed the hour of your life logo. Um, no, Casper did. I designed the logo. Hour of your life Jackie logo? designed the skull. Oh, no, you sorry, did the hour sorry, of your sorry. life logo. I Casper did designed our mile 13 logo, which is super sweet. But Jackie did our hour of your life logo, um, which is on, now on her website yeah. as part of her portfolio. Um, she, she's a really good artist. She's kind of minimalistic normally, but some of the stuff that you have that I had not yet seen, is not so minimalistic. Like it's like bright and colorful and oh, you hadn't seen my crazy stuff. No, I hadn't, and I oh. kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. It's jliming.wixsite.com slash Jacqueline Stivers Designs or something like that. I started with liming, changed my name Stivers. I'm pretty sure if you just Google Jacqueline Stivers Designs, you'll probably find it. Yeah, it is somewhere on there. You'll think if you want to know, you'll figure it out. So. Yeah. Um, we will probably also link to it on our Facebook page. In fact, okay, I know we will because I'm going to do it as soon as we record? get here. I'm feeling Artemis sweaty and anxious now. Okay. trying to sniff the mic. Stop, Artemis. Too much attention. Okay. All right. So, yeah. That's all we got. Real. See you guys. See you later, Zoe. It's been real. Thanks. It's been real. Thanks for the stories. And if you guys have any stories, send them in to us at mile13show at gmail.com. That's one three, not the letter, like not spelled out 13 mile 13 show at gmail.com. All right. Yeet. See ya. Thanks. Bye. Bye Zoe.